Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellarive, and this will be the tastiest episode ever. I'm very excited to talk to uh, Rebecca McKenzie. Um, We talk about branding, and one of the things in branding when you build a brand is this idea of growing where you're planted, which is to say, you know, be true to yourself. And Rebecca is going to talk about, uh, well, going to share her story about food tourism, which is literally that. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to to sharing uh, some insights on how we have done uh, just that. We've grown food tourism in Ontario, but now taken our learnings and uh, and we're sharing them with destinations across the, the country and around the globe. There are so many parallels to branding uh, and, and what you've done. Uh, and I had the pleasure of seeing you uh, talk at the host, the Tourism Saskatchewan host conference here uh, a little while back. Can you tell me uh, or share the story about uh, how this all, how, how this all came about? Where, where did it begin? Where did it begin? Well, um, okay, so uh, I was born November 18th, 1974. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. Um, but in fairness, actually, it's interesting. I um, I actually am born and raised in Toronto, and uh, I spent all my summers in rural Ontario in a place called Prince Edward County, which is two hours east of Toronto. And um, I so, so I kind of, as a teenager, vowed that I would never live there because I couldn't imagine why anybody would want to live in a rural community because there was sort of nothing there. And then, you know, uh, I was blessed to have the experience to travel around the world uh, on a sailing uh, vessel for the, my last year of high school and and actually moving out to, to Alberta to finish the last semester. And I, I realized after all this sort of traveling that I wanted to I wanted to be somewhere that where I, I felt like I could be be more myself and contribute more to a, a, a collective and chose not to come back to Toronto and actually move to rural Ontario. And I did that in my early 20s when most young people my age were actually fleeing there. Like they were they were doing everything in their power to get away. And there really weren't a lot of great opportunities um, for employment. Uh, and as a, an entrepreneurial spirit, I actually started my very first business, which was a gourmet Canadian food um, retail shop. And it was in the very first fruit winery in Prince Edward County uh, called the County Cider Company. And it was through um, my passion for for travel and place and taste uh, and my partnerships that I built in this community that I actually came to run um, as a volunteer. I started running an organization called Taste the County, which was the destination marketing organization for Prince Edward County. It evolved to being that, but it really started as a grassroots movement on how do we as a small community move from trying to live 12 months of the year on the revenue we made in June, July, and August, because we were always a summer destination. Mm -hmm. And the community that came together, they were farmers, they were artisan food producers, they were B&B operators, restaurateurs, you know, you name it, any business that was really sort of connected either into agriculture and tourism. I was very lucky that I spent 10 years. So I actually went from being a volunteer to to taking on the the role as an executive director. I actually sold my business and and took that role on, and I had it for 10 years. And we took tourism spending from about six million a year in '98 uh, to over 20 million a year by 2008, focused just on developing experiences uh, that that would bring people to the region in the shoulder season, so fall, winter, spring. And this was never all- played. This, this is all, all about the Taste the County. 
Yep, all Taste the County. So I developed the Taste Trail, Maple in the County, which is a celebration of the first harvest of the year, which of course is maple syrup. We had Taste, a celebration of regional cuisine. We created a local, bi-local brand called Harvest in the County and did incredible um, events where we shut down main streets of the small communities and did 100% local meals for up to 1,000 people. It was incredible. It was it was an amazing experience um, that uh, where I was engaged with over 260 businesses that belonged to the organization and I knew every farmer and I knew every winemaker and every B&B operator and it, it was a really hard decision to leave that uh, that organization but at the time in 2007 I started uh, volunteering on an advisory panel for the Ontario Culinary Tourism Strategy and essentially became a board member of that uh, advisory group. And in that process, I helped to write grants that secured about three quarters of a million dollars, which then got the funding to start the organization, the Ontario Culinary Tourism Alliance. So that, that organization was formalized really with proper funding in 2008, which is when I joined it. I, I left... Um, I left Taste the County in, uh, at end of September. Like September 30th was my last day in 2008, and October 1st was my first day with then the Ontario Culinary Tourism Alliance. Over 11 years, um, we actually, from 2008 until 15, we successfully completed all of the action items within the provincial strategy that our Ministry of Tourism, Culture and Sport had invested in. And since 2016, we evolved to change our name to the Culinary Tourism Alliance, dropping our O, and really continuing not only to service and share and tell uh, all of the delicious stories of what you can do in Ontario, but further uh, develop our consulting side of the not-for-profit called Grow Food Tourism that works with destinations, as I mentioned before, across the province, the country, and around the globe, as well as we now uh, have taken over management of a very large food tourism and hospitality symposium called Terroir. And we continue to grow and expand our food service certification program, which is called Feast On, the Certified Taste of Ontario. Holy smokes, you're busy. I, I actually have two modes, awake and asleep. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Rebecca, when did you uh, key in on the idea that people want to taste local, whether you're from that area or as a tourist? Or did, did that come about uh, from just coincidence or something that you always wanted? <laughs> You know, it's really interesting. I, I would truly believe that my personal passion in this space and what's driven my career, which is a very unique career, um, was that I, I, at 16, I went on a program called Class Afloat. It's aligned with a college, um, a private school out of Alberta called West Island College. So I started my journey off um, in Copenhagen, Denmark, and did 20 countries, finishing off in Cape Town, South Africa, but sailing through the Mediterranean, stopping into Saudi Arabia and along the... the um, east coast of africa i was the pickiest kid you ever met so like literally i ate like weenies and beanies on toast and like fish fingers and fries were my mother's specialties and i i was not adventurous and being on the boat um especially there you know there were times where for example at one stretch we were at sea for over eight days with no land or, or seeing no other ship and like you ate what was put in front of you <laughs> but more importantly at every stop it was just this whole exploration. Like I remember having a falafel for my very first time. And it was actually when I was in Egypt and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like who knew that something like this existed and it could taste so amazing. I remember being in, in Sicily and, and having like 
this little suckling pig that I thought, you know, it, it was roasted with its like the apple in its mouth. And I thought, oh, my God, that's so disgusting. I can't eat it. And then they carved <laughs> it and put it on my plate and I ate it. And I was like, how can something so disgusting looking be so incredibly delicious? But it, more than anything, it was like all the people I got to meet, like the experiences. It was like breaking bread with someone in their place with their tastes, with their food culture is it plants a seed of memory that, you know, is quite literally hard to wipe out. You know, you can see a lot of beautiful views and walk some beautiful beaches and, you know, um, have some different experiences (coughs) that certainly part of me are very unique. But when you combine that with a taste memory, Mm. it is so much more impactful, right? Because it's hitting all of your senses. Yeah. So I realized then I was like, wow, that that's what started to really excite me. And then when I started doing the work that I was doing in Prince Edward County, what I realized was, is we were only known for one thing, which was the Sandbanks Provincial Park. But Mm -hmm. we were so much more than that, right? We had this really great agricultural community. We had some really great products. Um, There was so much more potential to draw people there for more than just the beach. And in fact, I can still remember back in 1999, my office at the time was out of the Chamber of Commerce. And on a rainy day in the summertime, you would watch people camp up, pack up their campsites and drive back home, meaning to the city. Mm-hmm. And it was so painful to watch because it was like, why are you going home? Stay. There's so much to see and do. But in their minds, all we had was the beach. Mm-hmm. And now it's amazing. Like two decades later, more than two decades later, um, on a rainy day, it's the busiest days for the wineries, the the cheese producers, the breweries, the restaurants, you know, all of those activities because people are like, okay, it's raining, but we know that there's all sorts of delicious things we can do. Let's do it, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was it was sort of that mindset. And, and to be honest with you, I can remember for years going to Ministry of Ontario tourism meetings and, and Destination Canada tourism meetings. You know, back then it was the Canadian Tourism uh, um, Commission. And, P- and I was labeled as like the crazy culinary tourism girl, that girl who keeps on thinking people will travel for food. Like literally they'd see me coming and they're like, oh no, here she goes again, thinking that people, that people will actually go somewhere for food. Now everybody gets it, but um, I will say, uh, while my legal maiden or uh, middle name is Kinda, it should be changed to Perseverance. Because yeah. uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you know, most people would go and uh, try a falafel somewhere and then come home and decide to make falafels. You came home and understood the idea of how this uh, is is unique, and and then take you know what's unique about your own home and then uh, market that it must have been a battle like just to uh, constantly constantly and because I mean the reality is there's only one thing every traveler does at least three times a day (laughs) and that's eat right Yeah. yeah but when you give them a connection to place through the experience that they have when they know that what they're having is is tells a story of their place whether they're there for uh, business or pleasure or visiting friends and family, which sometimes can feel like business or sometimes feels like pleasure. Um, the reality is, is that there's an opportunity to leave an impact with that visitor that not only creates that taste memory, which creates that loyalty to place. It also creates a much more significant economic impact on the destination. And we know that, and that is certainly something that for many, many years, I've been very active in the slow food movement uh, for 
going on close to two decades. I've, you know, been very active in my local communities around community economic development and opportunities for youth. And I think, you know, when I see the what the potential is for the next generation to stay involved either in the hospitality and tourism industry or the agricultural industry, if we don't start doing more to bring it back home and to bring it localized and, and to really support our local farmers and our local small businesses, we won't have those to enjoy because the succession planning doesn't exist there and many people aren't getting into the industry. And so for me, my passion is rooted in more than just my career and my profession. It's rooted in what I believe we need to do in order to have economically viable communities and a food chain that that's going to make sure that we survive. Was it a challenge to bring uh, what I guess at the time might have been your competitors like other uh, restaurants or other businesses and uh, align them with this idea? And also then, I guess, connecting with farmers or producers you likely wouldn't have been their biggest customer and and you're hoping to build something like to you have this great vision but was it a challenge to kind of bring them on board 100 percent uh it was but i love nothing better than a challenge and to be (laughs) honest i think you know at the end of the day when you're transparent and you're um And when you're really open with what your goals and objectives are and you bring the right people together, my favorite word, and I don't know where I first heard it, but I've been using it for years, is it's about working in (laughs) co-opetition. And that means like working collaboratively with your competition, understanding that nobody goes somewhere for just one thing. Nobody travels to a destination for just one thing, maybe Disney aside, right? But typically people will go somewhere where there's a cluster where they where they they really feel that they're going to have a sense of place because they it's they understand what the experience is going to deliver and the challenge is is that you could have a great restaurant but if that's not supported by other types of businesses that people can do and see things it's going to be really hard to turn that restaurant into a what we would call a demand generator from a marketing perspective so it was really like how do i pull the restaurant tours together and then how do i add the wineries and and the farmers and the added value food and beverage processors to the to the mix and what i realized is and and it's still to this day what we do with all of our clients and all of our partners is we bring them together and we talk about okay what is food tourism and how can this work and how can this help you diversify revenue streams build out your shoulder seasons potentially help you to retain staff, you know, um, help you to address some of your key operational issues. So we go through those whole conversations and, and as a collective talk about, you know, the sort of what's in it for you or what's in it for me. And then, okay, once we kind of get, bring everybody to, to, to the same understanding of how this will work, it's really a collaborative approach to creating any kind of product or experience. If it's done in isolation, like nothing I have done is been done by myself. The success that my or, the organization that I represent is a 100% the entire team that has made the commitment and has the same passion working with partners and and communities and leaders who are equally passionate. So it's, when you talk about that uh, idea of coopetition or this well I love that word I'm using it now forever. Um, mm-hmm. when you started that was it quite literally just saying, oh, well, here's seven companies or organizations I want to bring together. Uh, Food tourism is a thing. Let's talk. And not like I have a vision and follow me. 
Well, I mean, you know, have you ever seen um, the video for the first follower where there's like uh, it's a great video. You should um, mm-hmm. Google it and find it and then share it with your listeners. But it's like this guy who's dancing in a field that kind of looks like it could be Woodstock. And he's like flailing around looking at like a complete lunatic. And somebody uh, comes up and starts dancing with him. And then because that first follower has come, then all of a sudden more and more people come. And then they have that. That's how they say they've created a movement. I don't remember who my first follower was, but I know that there were there there. I've been lucky that I've had many first followers and people who've be, believed or saw some glimmer of hope in what I promised. But, you know, I believe that the success that my career has had in the organizations that I've worked with have had is we've taken ideas We've created solid plans and strategies to support them, and we've implemented them, and we haven't done it alone. And so everything has been done as as a collective with the community that we're working with. And once you have a success like that, people are more willing to take a risk on people who have proven successes. But also, I've failed a lot. And, you know, I'm, I have no problem sharing when I failed or when, when, when what, what we've done as an organization uh, hasn't worked and go, okay, you know what, didn't work. So how are we going to fix this next time? And let's just keep doing it. Just keep just keep learning from what didn't work. And understand, you know, the, the interesting thing about our organization is 11 years ago, we were 100% government funded. Our annual budget was around three or $400,000. Last year, uh, our budget was over a million dollars and we had just shy of uh, 13% government funding. No, oh, that's amazing. It, I thank you. I like to think so for a not-for-profit because in many other organizations, like they haven't figured out how to evolve to a place where they're relevant enough to the industry that they service to be able to survive without that government funding. Mm-hmm. And so, to me, I feel like that's a, a great testament to the work that the organization and my colleagues and I do. Uh, is because we 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 what we do is is proven enough that we have enough of the industry, farmers, tourism, hospitality operators, and even now some larger brands like we've got, you know, property developers engaged with us and, you know, larger commodity groups engaged with us. And to me, that's the signature of success. But ultimately, when I started this, even when I started working and running the Ontario Culinary Tourism Alliance, because the first couple of years I was solo, it was me, and I did a couple hundred thousand kilometers on my car. <laughs> I didn't have an office. I basically worked from my car, worked from my laptop. I drove to every community. I made a point of going in and meeting restaurateurs and meeting farmers and meeting with the destination marketing organization. It was no different than when I started Taste the County is, you know, I needed to know what it was like to, to work on a farm. So I'd go and spend a day pruning vines or you know, I can. I remember one year I went and worked, worked kitchen service during Christmas time, like literally in the dish pits, because it was like I need to understand what is the pain that these people feel, so that I can be empathetic to the challenges that they're having, and then come up with concepts that are going to help them resolve some of their challenges. You know, and ultimately it is about drawing more people to a destination so they can have more year-round cash flow so they can have more consistent staffing so that they can be profitable. Yeah, let's talk about that because um, there's certification now for Ontario to be, um, I'm not sure what that certification is, I can't remember, Mm. but um, has it, do you get feedback from restaurants that it is uh, having an impact 
for them? So the the certification is Feast On, a certified taste of Ontario. And in order for a restaurant to be certified, they have to meet a minimum requirement of 25% of their annual food costs coming from Ontario grown and raised ingredients. If it's something that's processed, they put on the menu, the primary ingredient has to be grown and raised in Ontario. And if they're licensed, we need to see 25% of their alcoholic beverage purchases or 25 items on their alcoholic beverage menu coming from VQA wineries and Ontario craft brewers, craft distillers, and craft cideries. So right now we have about 140 restaurants that are certified in the program. One of the um, biggest challenges around uh, the program is that for many of the restaurants, they've never done this kind of analysis. Well, it's a high bar uh, you set too. Well, the great news is, is that over time, what we've seen is on average, most certified restaurants have been able to move from that 25% upwards and growing towards closer to 50%. Mm -hmm. Because on the back end, the program is designed to actually help connect them with growers, producers and distributors who have the capacity to increase sales into the food service uh, industry. So for years, and I mean, 20 years, this, I've always heard this sort of like the barrier to successful sort of um, showcase of local food in the restaurants is, I can't get it. It's too expensive. It's, you know, I need consistency. There's all these challenges. And I kept on thinking, you know, how are we going to fix this? It's chicken and the egg. How Mm -hmm. are you going to get more, more restaurateurs buying local if they can't find it uh, or they can't find it consistently or they can't find it at a price that works for them? But as a farmer, why would I go and sell to restaurants who aren't willing to buy my product at a fair market price? buy consistently from me, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So this, this, the certification was designed really to be part of a paradigm shift in how we procure food in the food service industry. And while certainly there are marketing benefits, for $350 a year to be certified, the marketing is the low end of the totem pole in terms of the prize that you get, right? Like it's the, the, the top high mark is, is that you're part of a collective of restaurateurs that are committed to supporting our Ontario growers and producers. And you're celebrating that not only so the consumer knows that you are actually practicing what you preach in your marketing and your procurement, but also as a way to educate your staff so that they can learn about more what is grown and raised in Ontario. And you can learn to do better to put more Ontario onto your plates and into your glasses. Do consum- I defy, uh, sorry. To, no, no, I was going to say, ahead. do consumers respond to it? Well, we're five. This is our fifth anniversary of the Feast on certification. Um, and so the the challenge we have, as you can imagine, is, is how do we measure consumer engagement? Uh-huh. And it's been challenging largely because we don't have millions of dollars for the brand. I mean, you know, uh, I, the Foodland Ontario uh, brand, which has been around to recognize the what is grown and raised in Ontario, has decades behind it and literally multi-millions of dollars behind the decades of having brand uh, presence. They know that they have, you know, over 90% consumer recognition of the brand, but they have no idea what the value of that recognition is. Whereas we haven't been able to spend the millions of dollars uh, on the marketing. (laughs) A lot of ours is really focused through strategic marketing partnerships with, you know, uh, magazines like the Edible Toronto and Edible Ottawa and Toronto Life and through strategic partnerships with Ontario Parks and with the destination marketing organizations and regional tourism organizations that belong to the CTA. So we've got really great marketing partnerships that certainly take what we do and leverage the impact of the brand much further than we could if we were doing it alone. Um, So it's very hard 
and we don't have currently, and I'm being fully transparent with you, an idea of the actual consumer recognition of the mm-hmm. brand. We, have, we haven't even invested in that kind of research because we've still just been investing in growing the number of restaurants into the program. But what we do know is, is we have been able to show that increase in procurement of the, from those restaurants year over year because they have to actually resubmit their paperwork on their procurement every second year. So it's not that they're just paying or they're doing the paperwork once. They actually are re-audited every second year. And what we are able to show is at a minimum for their $350 investment in becoming certified, we give them a tangible value of $3,500 in marketing benefits. But again, that's the intangibles far outweigh that. Um, because we've created really great events where we celebrate feast on. So now we get hired by different organizations to put on feast on curated receptions where we'll bring in chefs that are certified in the program as well as our preferred purveyors so those growers and producers who invest in the program to really create a unique taste of place so we've done that for example for tourism northern ontario um for the uh for their annual summit we do uh the tourism uh ontario's queen's park day we do that for all the members of provincial parliament we've done that for um uh, this actually this summer, interestingly, we've been hired by a massive, massive uh, brand who shall remain unnamed just from <laughs> confidentiality. But they're putting on their corporate picnic for a thousand staff is all a feast on theme. And we're, we actually get hired to curate all of that. And it's an amazing way that we're getting the brand to consumers in a much more memorable way than just by placing an ad in a print piece yeah yeah it's i mean it's it's clearly a a giant trend right now and uh not even a trend i wouldn't say but a movement to kind of uh yeah eat local but also when you travel wanting to taste local how Mm -hmm. how important because there's some really cool sub brands i guess you'd call them like the butter tart tour and you we before we were um on the uh recording you were talking about a terror a terror run (laughs) terror Uh, run yeah (laughs) (laughs) How important are, you know, building up these these different um, these other different brands to. to Uh, Yeah, very important. Very important. And I think, again, because people just want to be told where to go. Right. So (laughs) the the whole idea. Yeah. yeah, Tell me what to do. Tell me, like, give me the idea, you know, take the thinking out of it. So um, who doesn't want to go on a butter tart tour? I mean, really? I I, you know what? The the, the same that that. we, there's the Apple Pie Trail in Blue Mountains. There's the Cheese Trail in Oxford oh, County. There's the Taste Trail in Prince Edward County. So absolutely. And that is a big piece of the work that we do. So we have a consultancy within the organization called Grow Food Tourism. And we work with those destinations to help them understand what are the businesses along the food tourism value chain that they have in their community. So everything from their farms and farmers markets to artisan food producers, restaurants, accommodations, attractions, festivals and events, culinary schools, culinary tours. We take and we look at everything that they have. And then we have created a proprietary software called the Experience Assessment Tool, or EAT for short, great acronym. <laughs> where and we actually, uh, thank you, we love that too. So we actually inventory all of the businesses along the food tourism value chain within that specific geography. And the software helps us to determine if the business is market ready, near market ready, or not market ready as it relates to delivering a taste of place. 
And because we geotag and geomap the businesses, we're actually able to see after we've done the inventory, is there a cluster of businesses that could work in co-opetition to create an experience, be it a trail, a trek, a route, an event? And if so, you know, we'll help them create that full strategy behind it. Um, largely, many of the destinations, their number of near market ready businesses is much higher. So then we help create a strategy to identify what are the gaps that those business operators have that are, you know, keeping them from being market ready? And what are the the services and the resources that could be offered to those businesses to move them from near market ready to market ready to support the development of that type of uh, consumer experience? You know, it's interesting. Uh, so you mentioned the terroir run. The terroir run is a, a, a is a just over 10k fun run that I started nine years ago with my husband. We actually went to go and sign up for the Ottawa Half Marathon, and it was sold out. And we were sitting on our deck in Prince Edward County, and I we just looked at each other and said, "Screw it, let's just create our own event." <laughs> and uh, we quite literally came up with a name that night. We designed a logo, we secured the URLs, and the next day we went out and drove around the route that we would run, and we stopped and met with all of the wineries and the partners that we thought we'd involve. And but three days later, we had a whole plan. And six weeks later, we launched our first run. Well, that and, kind of talks to uh, the spirit that is Rebecca and the determination, <laughs> I guess. Eh? <laughs> well, you know, it's amazing. So we just had our ninth run on Saturday and we have a cult following. At least I thought we did. But what's fascinating is this year we had 65% of our runners were new. Huh. And I was like, wow. And we sell out. Like We sell out the minute it goes up in December, we start selling. And we typically sell out by the end of February or early uh, March. And this year, we had a huge following from Quebec. And I'm like, how did they find out about us? And what's fascinating, because I always send out a survey afterwards, is this year I got the survey out the day after. I said, I'm not waiting. I want to make sure I get it while it's hot. We've had over 50% response on our surveys, mm. which is like, unheard of. I mean, the results are great. People were so happy. We start off at one winery and we run 10.8 K. We encourage our runners to run in costume, to put some zest into our run. And our local uh, kitchen supply store called zest kitchen actually gives out prizes for the <laughs> best costumes. Um, there are four water stations. One of them does serve wine, uh, but that's at the <laughs> runner's choice. Uh, it's not a, it's like, it's not a race, you know, it's not a timed race. You're not getting bibs. You know, we, we do custom t-shirts that are made every year. They're not a run quality t-shirt. They're an organic cotton t-shirt that are from a local t-shirt shop in Prince Edward County. The runner's bags uh, are actually bags from wine country, Ontario. They include, you know, an amazing uh, protein ball made from quirky carrots. Um, we have our local distillery puts in like coupons for complimentary cocktails at their place. The best part though is when you finish the run, um, at the old third winery, we've worked with the local college and several local chefs and we do a hundred percent local lunch. All of the wineries that we've run by the brewery and the cidery that act as our lead and follow vehicles. They're all there serving their product. There's a DJ spinning tunes and it is like the most convivial day you can imagine. Oh, I can and imagine. For, yeah. We give all the proceeds to our community youth community center for their after school food and taxi program. So that kids that live in rural parts of the of the community who normally couldn't get to the youth center because they have no way of getting home afterwards can now go. They can have a meal. They can get to tutorial help. They can they have a music program and they can get home afterwards. And for us, like that's 
awesome, right? You know, we can, I can practice what I preach. I do an economic impact report every year to give back to our partners and just to share with the county so that they can see 65% of our runners. And we, this year we had our most uh, biggest audience. We had 175 runners and then we do, um, we do open lunch for some of their friends and family. So we had 200 to eat, but 65% of them are spending at least two nights there. Yeah, and they're staying at accommodations, and they're spending over five hundred dollars on F and B while they're there. That's fantastic. I mean, the, just the idea is fantastic. The impact is even even greater. I guess that that's really cool. But that's I, part of the marketing piece too, right? Like you can create great ideas, but they have to have substance to them. Yeah, and you you know you can create a great great campaign, but you always want to measure. And I, I guess you know to go back to your question of like, can we measure how feast on is driving business to these businesses? It's very challenging because we can't measure consumer recognition of the brand. But what we can say is, is we can measure that they're increasing their procurement in Ontario grown and raised ingredients. And that has an impact back to our Ontario economy, back to our Ontario farmers. And one would like to believe uh, that they wouldn't be doing this if there wasn't in something in it for them and their bottom line. Well, you would you would think they wouldn't sign up again if if they didn't uh, find it important to themselves or their businesses for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, um, that that half hour flew by so fast, Rebecca. Uh, <laughs> just to wrap up, what um, what lessons would you share? Uh, I guess on starting with an idea and moving it into uh, something something larger for, for someone? Well, I, I think the first thing you have to start from is a place of passion and understanding of who your audience is. Um, you know, I always go back to all of, I always say to my staff, who are we doing this for? Mm. Like, are we doing it for the consumer? Are we doing it for the business or uh, businesses that we support? Are we doing it for ourselves? Like, let's go back to the why and then make sure that's in the right place. And then, you know, don't be afraid to think big and, and you know, think outside the box. I always think that co-opetition piece goes beyond sort of like working in partnership with your competition, but also to think of other businesses who you normally wouldn't partner with and really think outside the box about how you can engage them. Because in this day and age, it's those type of collaborations that are also piquing the consumer's interest, right? We know that the millennial generation loves collaborative efforts. Um and I, I think, you know, don't be afraid to fail because the most important thing about failing is, is that at least you tried and you can learn from it and pick it up and start again. And a strategy is always key, like really thinking about those sort of details once you've thought big and kind of working it back really helps to sort of see if you're on the right course or, you know, it helps you course correct if things aren't going the way that you believe they're going. But I mean, ultimately, it's it's got to be fun, right? So start mm-hmm. with passion and you'll be successful. Did you have any idea how how large this would grow to? No, you know, it's funny. I can remember about a decade going, uh, a decade or so going, I don't know where I'm going to be when I grow up, but it's going to be awesome. And, you know, I'll be 45 this year and I keep on saying to my staff and my team, I don't know where I'm going to be when I grow up, but it's going to be awesome. Because <laughs> um, I feel like, you know, finally, the fact that the federal government has recognized food tourism as an integral part of our our, our national uh, tourism strategy is is great. You know, I've only been on this bandwagon for 20 years. <laughs> so imagine what the next 10 years are going to look like now that there's a recognition for the value of food as a demand driver for, for travel. I think it's it's pretty exciting times. Absolutely. Where can people connect with you and um, and, and sure. your well, organizations? 
Absolutely. Um, you can uh, certainly get a hold of me uh, by email with at Rebecca at growfoodtourism.com. You can follow me on Instagram at Canada Culinary and our organization is at Ontario Culinary. Um, and uh, certainly I'm also on LinkedIn and, and appreciate that that's a great way to connect around business so that, you know, if somebody's interested in the organization, I can uh, direct you and defer you to one of the members of my team that is awesome that can also help uh you know, figure out how we can support whether it's their business venture or their organization or destination. Thank you again so much, Rebecca. It's been a delight to talk to you. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me.